Hey guys. So welcome to another episode of the Provoking the Conversation podcast. Once again, um, you guys know who I am. I'm Sean. Um, and got a good one for you today. Got a really good one for you. Actually have a guest. So you're not going to see a lot of me. You're going to see a lot of her. Her name is Lauren. She is a good friend of mine who is a model, a makeup artist. Not going to tell you too much. She's going to talk a lot um, during the interview about what she does and um, some of her life experiences. And I really enjoyed this interview. Um, before we go and get to the interview, I did want to talk about a few things that I won't hit this week. Um, we'll probably talk about them more next week. Um, Brianna Taylor. Recently this week, there was a verdict. Um, one officer was charged, but he was not charged with murder. Um, I would be um, remiss if I did not speak about this in some form or matter during this podcast. Um, this is outrageous. This is terrible. Please don't take my calm tone as I'm not upset. I'm very upset. Um, but this just shows that the system is built against us. Like, let's be honest, guys. The wall that was Breonna Taylor's neighbor's house, they were more worried about that than worried about her life being taken. Like, that should say enough. Um, we must continue to fight for Black lives. We must continue to say Black Lives Matter and continue to fight for policy change, or this will continue to repeat itself. Brianna, I'm, I'm sorry that we could not get this done for you. I hope that they appeal the decision. I hope that your family and everyone in the country continues to fight for you to have justice. Um, so I, I wanted to make sure that I addressed that um, at the beginning. I just think it's, I just think it's outrageous. I, I don't have words. The other thing that I wanted to make sure I address, and I also posted this on my social media pages, was um, the death of Justice Ruth um, Bader um, Ginsburg. Um, I didn't know, I'll be honest with you guys, I didn't know a lot about this, this woman um, when I first heard of her death. I knew some things, I knew some stories, but this week I took a moment and educated myself and um, listened to her audiobook and if you don't know anything about that woman, you need to go ahead and listen to the audiobook, order the book yourself. You need to know about this woman because she fought for everybody. She fought for men, she fought for women. She's really known for being like a, a woman activist and some and a woman that made it to the Supreme Court, but um, she fought for everybody. And, and you know what? That's the easiest way that I can sum it up, not to beat the dead horse. Um, but I wanted to reach out and talk about those two subjects there's obviously more in the world going on. There's obviously more things going on, but I don't want to take away from this great interview that I have for you guys. So once again, guys, thank you so much for watching and enjoy the interview. So um, first of all, I always like to ask again, how are you doing, my friend? Good friend, how are you doing? Good, um, life has been interesting with, you know, pandemic and everything going on, but you know, I'm living and breathing. Um, so- Yeah, that's all I can ask for is that I am alive and healthy. All of the other stuff, everybody else has the same problem, so I can't complain. That's true. So where are you located at now? Because again, last time we saw each other, it was at Seton Hill, which in Greensburg, PA, which I plan on never going back to. It's not a place. Yeah, no, me. thank you. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> um, where are you at right now? <laughs> right now I live in Brooklyn. 
my goodness. I moved um, to New York City about three and a half years ago from Pittsburgh. Okay. What motivated that? Well, as you know, I was in school for acting and musical theater. So that's why I moved here. So um, I, I do that. I act and sing and stuff. And I also, while I've here, picked up modeling and makeup artistry. Oh, okay. So this is kind of the place to be for all that stuff. So when you moved there, was it just like kind of a split decision? Did you always say, I'm going to go to New York, I love the limelight? Or what exactly, you know, made that decision, you know, final? Was it something that just came out of blue or what? I always kind of, I, I knew that I would be moving to either New York City or LA at some point in my life with my um, with my major and stuff and with my career in mind and I've had a lot of friends moving to New York and um, I've been to New York before and I really liked it I've never been to LA but what but what from what I heard it's a lot of it's more film based and also, you need to have a car and you need to drive everywhere in three hours of traffic every day. And so I was just kind of, no thanks for me. And so I was looking kind of casually. I was living in the South Side at that point after I graduated. I was looking online casually and I found a place that I liked. And it turned out one of my very close friends that I grew up with in Pittsburgh and moved to New York. That was her um, her neighbor, actually. And so I ended up moving in with her neighbor. So that person was already vetted for as a roommate, as like a normal person. And then we also had um, another roommate join us from the UK. And that was, I moved to Manhattan, um, Upper Manhattan in Washington Heights. And then I moved to Brooklyn about a year and a half ago. And now I just have one roommate. Mm, okay. So What's the experience like in New York? Because I've been to New York, like visiting, and for my few times I've been there, it's almost like a different world. It, it truly is. Um, outside of New York City, even when I go back to Pittsburgh, it's like, it's really like I'm living on another planet. Um, it's, it's very fast paced. It's very, um, you know, for, for people like us that aren't, you know, don't um, have like very cushy, you know, parents and whatever, and you're trying to make it by yourself. It's, um, it's, it's a lot harder for people like us. Like, for example, I just take the train everywhere. I can't afford to take Ubers and like, I don't have a car. And so I have like this giant backpack with me and I'm doing four things today. And I won't be able to come back home because it takes me 45 minutes to get home. So I have to pack every single thing that I need for that day, including my lunch that I packed, my dinner that I packed, and every other thing that I need for that day I need to take with me all day. <laughs> so it also gets very heavy. It's, yeah, it's, it, it's hard, but it, you know, it sounds so corny, but like it's so worth it in the end. Yeah, you're, in a sense, chasing your dreams so you don't really think about it that way yeah You're just that's like, how it is i'm gonna make it happen <laughs> uh-huh so, so with again just with living in new york and it being completely different from pittsburgh and kind of you said the modeling and the film life is kind of there how have you seen since living in new york like the opportunities coming to you so you know how do the opportunities actually you know how do you actually reach out to those and since you moved to that location to get those opportunities 
Um, actually, there's um, I've done a whole bunch of online networking. I do a lot of um, networking with photographers online. Usually, like um, how I started is I started going to meetups. And so there would be a bunch of photographers and a bunch of models. And so I would get to meet a bunch of people. And from there, I would like follow them on Instagram. I would follow the models and I'd follow the photographers. And I would see um, which photographers outside of the people I met that the models um, worked with. And so I would follow them and, you know, they'd follow me back and be like, hey, let's shoot. And it just kind of, you know, it, it, you, you keep doing that and you end up knowing so many people, like, especially this year, it was um, one of my, uh, one of my resolutions was to make a new uh, creative connection every two weeks. Mm. And so how I would do that is I would, again, like look at the models that I follow and I would see which photographers they work with. I would go to the photographer's page. I would, um, you know, follow them like a couple pictures and message them. I like your work. I would like to shoot with you. And that kind of ended up spiraling out of control to the point where I was having like three shoots a week <laughs> and that was going really well for me. So I was getting like a, a lot of images. I was doing a lot of work and then everything shut down. It was taken right oh. out of my hands. Of course, just as things were getting good. That's usually what happens. It just <laughs> fell out of my hands. I started working um, a little bit more in the past like two months since things have opened up. I had a photo shoot earlier today, actually, and uh -huh. I had two this weekend and I had one last week. So um, modeling it like just like one on one, which is like one photographer. It's uh, it's pretty easy to make that happen because it's just two people mm -hmm. and they wear a mask. So it ends up it's, it's opening up more. and Yeah, I get to do those things now. Okay. The other thing about, you mentioned Instagram. Now, I follow you on Instagram. Um, your photos, they range from very, oh, that's a nice photo to, whoa, what is that? And, that's a nice photo. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, okay. Double tap. Let's, let, let's get, <laughs> I'm going to be honest here. Um, but in sense, some of the other things I've noticed on your Instagram is not only your stories and things like that. Now, is there some type of strategy there for engagement just to get yourself discovered and get more people to your page or talk about that a little I bit? I don't know a single thing about engagement or <laughs> algorithms. I don't do any type of clickbait or whatever or that like follow unfollow like a bunch of pictures to like get people to like notice me because mm. i i just literally don't care mm. i don't care about followers or building an audience or whatever my instagram is purely i just use it as a modeling portfolio mm. and for networking i mean i guess i should be more into an audience and a following and whatever so that I can have, you know, uh, more career su success based on that. But I don't know. That's just like, just, I don't care. You're just there That's for not fun. who you're I like, am. <laughs> look, I'm going to post this yeah, stuff. Yeah, I'm just I there. I'm just there for fun. Seriously. That's kind of how I feel about Instagram too. It's like, look, you either go like it or you're not going to like it. Yeah. I don't do any of that. Like um, message people like, hey, you should check out my page. To me, that's just like it's 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 not for me i'm sure maybe it works but it has never once worked on me i can tell you that <laughs> so if i message you like hey check out this page you're just not gonna do it. it's not gonna work blocked? out that way no <laughs> okay i'm not well, doing when that I, when i see myself blocked i'll know why 
<laughs> so I think that's like interesting that you're actually like building a portfolio there and you actually can say, hey, you know, this is my work and things like that. And I also see you take pictures with other people as well, which is really good because again, you're still building that connection. Um, mm -hmm. You know, what's the overall end goal for your career? So like, for me, essentially, you know, I have a couple career goals, but at least with this podcasting, I want to eventually, you know, have my podcast exclusively on one of the DSPs. Um, that's essentially a long-term goal. So what about yourself with your modeling and your makeup? Because you've got your hand in a lot of different pools. So I'm kind of just wondering, where does Lauren actually want to go? It's hard because I kind of don't even know because there's so many things that I want to do that my my goal field is so very broad. It's not like, you know, I'm not laser focused on one thing that I'm heading mm -hmm. towards. I mean, as far as modeling, I want to kind of do some body positive type campaigns. For acting, I would like to continue to do more stage whenever it comes back. I also really like um, commercials as well as commercial modeling. Um, as a makeup artist, I like to do um, like editorial, which is like artistic high fashion Vogue type stuff. So I want to, I've been published a few times. I want to get published in bigger publications or I mean, even just like creating art period, whether it gets picked up or not, because when I create, it's because I want something that I am proud of and it, there's not necessarily a monetary goal or a benchmark or an award in mind. It's just because I want to do it because that's what I like to do. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important for people to just do things that they want to do. Like I, like, I like podcasting. The whole reason I made this podcast is so people can hear different opinions, you know, from different people. You know, mm -hmm. I've had people, I plan on having people that like are musical artists, people like yourself. Um, a friend of mine, Terry, actually went to school with us. He's more of a social justice person. And I think this is big for people to have these type of conversations because nobody knows the life of a model. They just see your pictures on Instagram. They don't know that you're packing a backpack full of, you know, shit. And you're going. Yeah, I think it's really glamorous. I just show up and I like look cute and whatever and I smile at the camera but girl no I didn't have breakfast and I want to go home <laughs> like I had a banana for breakfast and it is 7 p.m yeah <laughs> and let's be done here mm -hmm, yeah <laughs> so talking about um again like makeup one of the things because I've had female friends you know throughout my life and they talk about makeup but I really truly didn't understand how much of a science makeup is like just exactly. making sure like, you know, the balance is right and make sure it blends in. So like, what do you do to practice that craft? Do you just continuously do makeup, tutorials? How exactly do you like sharpen that craft there? I, I do like, um, I watch quite a bit of YouTube from people that are professional makeup artists, not like beauty bloggers, because there's a difference between a beauty blogger and there's a different and um, a makeup artist. A makeup artist will know how to do makeup on everybody, mm -hmm. and a beauty blogger usually just knows how to do it on themselves. They know how to make themselves look good. When you're a makeup artist, you you have to be able to do every skin tone on the planet, 
and every type of skin and every facial, facial structure, every eye structure, everybody is different. You just can't put the same thing on everybody. So it's a mix of um, doing research and teaching myself and also just straight up practicing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it was one of the bigger challenges I had as a makeup artist is, you know, I've been doing makeup since I was a teenager or whatever, and I'm very pale. So things that look um, very harsh and outlandish on me look amazing on dark skin. So it's hard to, it's, it's, it's kind of like I need to not be afraid of adding a color Mm-hmm. When I'm working on somebody with darker skin, because it's going to look incredible on them. But when I, when I'm like, oh my God, this will look so crazy. But then I'm like, this is a completely different person. And right. a lot of times it does end up looking fantastic. Mm-hmm. I just kind of need to get myself out of my head and not worry to be so worried about what works on me because what works on me is not going to work on somebody else. Right. Yeah, that's was another thing about makeup that I kind of discovered just through talking to people is like how with the different complexions, different things work. My one experience with makeup, fun story, I was part of a musical in high school and that was the first time I experienced makeup on my face because for the lighting and things like that. Uh uh, I remember my, you know, the stage person telling me like, Sean, you got to wear makeup. I'm like, I got to wear what? (laughs) Hold on. Wait a second. I was like, who? But, you know, I did it and I. The other thing I didn't realize how heavy sometimes it feels and how hot it makes you. I'm like, well, that's because you were working with theatrical makeup and that's the thickest, hottest, grossest stuff you could ever put on your face. So you had the worst of it. The rest of it is just fine. Oh, okay. And also you have the stage lights on top of you, but yeah, I don't like wearing theater makeup either. It's horrendous. Yeah. That, that was definitely the thickest, hardest stuff I ever felt on my face ever. (laughs) <laughs> Hopefully ever do film. <laughs> so kind of changing gears here. Um, you talk about working with so many different people and things like that. Um, let's go ahead and talk about what's going on with today and with the different people have different opinions, as we know, with Black Lives Matter, elections coming up. Have you ever in your experience with working with different people just came across somebody who's on the completely different end of you, such as let's say you're a, a Republican or a Democrat, and they're on the completely other side. How's that made it hard to work with? Because I've sometimes run into that. I actually, with on this podcast, I do plan on talking to people who have completely different views of me. But for someone like you who has to work collaboratively with them, how does, how does that work? Well, actually, thankfully, within my career field as an artist, I run into, um, I, I deal with a pretty diverse and liberal set of people. Mm-hmm. I work with um, people who are queer all the time. I work with people of all different skin tones. But I mean, we're all like artistic people and artistic people do tend to lean left. Mm-hmm. So as, as, as far as... Um, my art, I, I haven't really run into anybody, you know, well, that I know of, because we don't really talk about that type of stuff on set. We're mm-hmm. just talking about what's happening. We don't have time for any of that. But mm-hmm. a very, very massive majority of those people are left-leaning, so I don't really have a problem when I'm, when I'm working on a model or with a photographer or whatever. Gotcha. So throughout your time working through modeling, have you ever had, like, disagreements and how does how does that work because I would think that would be odd like I don't like you or we have a disagreement but I still have to go on set or take a picture with you like does that has that ever happened to you or anything like that um 
I can't think of any specific time, but I haven't loved every single person that I've had to work with. What? But again, I, Come on. <laughs> I am an actress and also like I, I pride myself in being pretty professional. Mm-hmm. So if I have a problem with somebody, it's, it's pretty easy for me to like tuck it away and, you know, not deal with it. Mostly because I just like, I have, I have a really hard time caring about what somebody thinks of me if I don't know them. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, it, it's pretty easy for me to just kind of like forget about it and move on. Um, but, you know, I don't really want to burn any bridges with anybody. And most people don't want to burn any bridges with any other type of artistic person because the right. nature of um, the career is very connections based. Makes so sense. if I don't like somebody or somebody doesn't like me, there's never really a problem that arises from it. We just, honestly, I wouldn't even know if somebody didn't like me because I'm, I'm so focused on what I'm there to do. Mm-hmm. I, it would seriously pass me by if somebody didn't like me. Yeah. Someone could be staring daggers at you like, I hate this chick. No, like I'm working on a face right now. I am, there's only one face that I'm thinking about right now and it is not yours. So I'm guessing like the inst- if you get any negative Instagram comments, it really doesn't affect your psyche. Nobody's commenting anything negative on my Instagram. <laughs> oh, oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. <laughs> nothing, ne- <laughs> nothing negative there. So, no, I get some like weird DMs every once in a while, but it's not hate. It's just like horny stuff. Oh, weird. Then I'll be like, leave me alone. And then they'll call me like a fat bitch or something. And I'm like, weird. I, ne- I never really understood that method with men. You know, you DM a chick, she says no, and then you get to insulting. Do you think that's going to get you farther along? I, I just, I never understood it. I, you know. I don't, think, I don't think they think that it's going to um, work or whatever. They're just like, how dare you? And it's like a strike to their pride. So like they have to humble you mm-hmm. to make up for it. It doesn't bother me though. I mean, I'm like... Yeah, I'm I, got, like, I get how many other DMs gushing about like how, how beautiful I, I am. And I'm like, okay, thanks. I don't know you. <laughs> I'm beautiful. You cannot affect me. <laughs> staying on the subject of men and things like that, are, is there any special men in your lives? Anything like that right now? You don't have to out anybody if you don't want to. Now, if I say yes, my friends are going to bling me up. But if I say no somebody is gonna be like what is that about so So yes so yes and no (laughs) um i plead the fifth (laughs) okay plead the fifth okay i did actually a couple of days ago i deleted all my dating apps i haven't been one putting them to any use Mm -hmm. two anytime i have put them to use it's all been just like such a massive waste of time Mm -hmm. and every couple of months or whatever i'm just like for, I just like, I'm like, forget it. I don't want to do it anymore. No, I don't, I don't need a man. Men need me. And I throw them out. And then a couple <laughs> months later, I get kind of bored. And I'm just like, oh my God, remember that app? <laughs> and I got to go out to eat with people and like meet men. I should try that again. Then I try it again and then I hate it again. It's this circle of life. I'm similar. I feel the same way. It's like, oh, I want to go back to the app. And then it's like, uh, this is this is a complete waste of my time. 
you know, I think dating apps can be positive. Can you can find somebody, but most people on there are not objective. Most people on there are not serious. And at the end of the day, I don't think most people are honest about what they're actually here for. You know? Yeah, just, for sure. I also find it like I've never been quote unquote good at dating apps because I guess it's the, the same problem a lot of people have is that there's so many options mm. like it's overwhelming and so if i don't like one tiny thing about a person mm -hmm. it's just a swipe left and i can see what else there is it's like the next bus on mtv yeah but it's like times a thousand i think that's kind and of the next bus at least there's only five people right so you have to be like a little bit more careful also I can't bring myself to care that much for somebody who doesn't exist to me. Hmm. I realize that they exist, but if I haven't, you know, met you or whatever, then I can't, you know, I don't get excited about dates like I used to years ago, mm -hmm. especially stuff that's online because I, I don't know, you're not really like a real person until you're in front of me and then the second date i can get like excited right. or whatever or like did he text me or uh, the the, the butterflies <laughs> yeah that with dating it's very unique the one thing that i've been trying to do with dating apps a little bit better is try to actually net this person a little bit more before i say oh they're not for me but you know it, it, it's a work in progress so mm -hmm. kind of moving away from dating apps and dating because you know age, it, <laughs> it's a crapshoot but you know what before i leave there you'll find somebody one day i tell all my friends this there's somebody out there it just has to happen on its own, on its own time it's not oh, on our time thank you i'm ex i'm looking forward to it don't look forward to it just keep doing what you're doing <laughs> <laughs> the moment you look forward to it is the moment. That's the thing. I'm just like, all right, whatever. When it happens, it happens. <laughs> I'll so, just live in the present then. Exactly. Exactly. Today's lesson, live in the present. All right. So staying in the present, um, with all the different things that are happening in the country, social unrest, and um, I wanted to ask you about, because I'm a black man, obviously. I mean, last time oh my I God, checked. You are? Oh, I mean, sorry, last, I gotta go. No, I'm kidding. I mean, last time I checked, I mean, but um. Now that now that you mention it, I think I. Oh, okay, I see it. Okay, I turned the light on particularly just so you could see. <laughs> but you know, I'm an African American man. You're obviously not an African American woman, at least to my knowledge. I'm. No, I actually did. Well, actually, I didn't get my 23 and Me done, so oh. maybe I am. Maybe I'm a little. 0.5% Nubian, I mean. Uh, if you're 0.5% Nubian, we're going to have you <laughs> back on this show and we're going to talk I got, about Maybe that. I have some melanin magic. Who knows? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I just wanted to ask you overall, what's your um, view on the Black Lives Matter movement and everything that's been kind of going on with uh, the social unrest and things like that? Because it's been a weird time, let's be honest. You know, from quarantine mm -hmm. to everything that's been going on. I know a lot of people's view on it that are also African-Americans, but coming from someone who's a little bit outside of our realm, um, you know, what, what's your opinion on it and your, your voice there? I am extremely in support of Black Lives Matter. Um, I'm all about it. Um, I've, you know, I've gone to a couple of protests. Mm -hmm. I was there on some of the very, very worst days in New York whenever the George Floyd thing started coming to light and 
Um, you know, you see New York City um, on fire, police car on fire. I was a couple of feet from the police car. Like I was like there, there. I, you know, I, it was, it was, you know, it was really scary for sure. And it was definitely a one of a kind experience for me, mm-hmm. but it was, it was really amazing to see how people came together all across the board, black, white, Asian, et cetera, et cetera. All these people came together and, you know, dressed up and brought their signs. And we were out there until, I mean, people stayed longer than I did. Mm-hmm. I was there to maybe like 1 a.m. Wow. or something. And we were surrounded by police the whole time. And it was kind of like you you don't know what's going to happen. Is it going to be like it is on TV mm-hmm. where people are going to die today? Or is it not like that? Luckily, nobody got, you know, fr- from where I was, like, very hurt. There mm-hmm. was no rubber bullets or anything. I did get a little bit of tear gas. Oh, wow. There was um, some people did get um, beaten and stuff mm-hmm. like that in front of me. But from my experience, from what I saw, a lot of it was um, uh, police-induced. We wow. It did start as a peaceful protest. And we were getting, like, loud and saying, like, disrespectful shit. But, mm-hmm. like, uh, duh, I think you can handle that. You've killed, like, and incarcerated a ton of people where people are just trying to get by. Yeah. Really, a lot of people that there's people in jail for how many years on you know um a dime bag like it's mm-hmm. it's insane and the NYPD is like wildly corrupt so yeah um the the um police like started you know pushing back against us mm-hmm. everything was cool until they started pushing back against us with the barricades and then things started getting crazy and then everything just kind of spiraled out of control from there wow well yeah. first of all let me say from an African-American, I thank you for standing with us. That that oh. means a lot, at least to me. No, no thank you needed. It's just what any decent person would do. It's my, yeah. it's my duty, I feel. I don't, yeah, I don't need a thank you for basic stuff. But I appreciate you thanking me. No problem. Yeah, <laughs> you would think it's, you know, decent people things, but you'd be surprised by how many people are just against it. And I'm sure you've seen it. I mean, there's a lot of people that aren't decent, so. That's true. And you could probably see it on social media. A lot of people that are not decent who are against it, call it a fraud, you know, things like that. Oh my God. That's why I stay off Facebook because I'm going to fight people. (laughs) (laughs) Just jump through Facebook. Like, you know Uh what, where you live? I'm about to pull up on you. (laughs) Yeah, Facebook to me is probably the worst one. Have you, let me ask you this, have you gotten a chance to watch the the Netflix documentaries, The Social Dilemma yet? Have you had a chance? I watched that a couple of days ago, last okay. week actually. I did and I was like, oh damn, I really didn't know it's, it's, li- it's like that over yeah. there. Oh, yikes. <laughs> what, did you, what did you think? Tell me a little bit more about what you thought about that because I thought that was interesting when I watched it. Yeah, I... I, I mean, I know that there's like algorithms and whatever that suggest to you things that are like whatever, you know, you're, you're clicking on. If I go to a hair page or whatever, it's going to um, suggest to me another one, things like that. And it mm-hmm. gathers information. 
and then it sells it. And then one, one product you looked at for a couple of seconds online follows you across every single web page yep. you go on for the next month until you break down and buy it <laughs> by design. But what, what, what shocked me the most is the way um, Facebook and other, um, other social platforms, but namely Facebook, the way it um, pushes certain political ideologies. Yeah. And so um, if you're looking at something that's left, it kind of gives you that next thing that's lefter and the next thing that's lefter and the next thing that's mm -hmm. lefter. And the same with the right. And that's why there's so many, you know, like these wild conspiracies mm -hmm. because people just take one bite and then there's the next one and the next one and the next one all the, until you're in Pizzagate QAnon. <laughs> Pizzagate, that was <laughs> it, my point. I mean, the, the divide just keeps getting greater and greater and greater with every click as, as Hallmark and corny as that sounds. Yeah. But it's like, it's like a little bit true. Yeah. It, and the interesting part to me about it was, again, that, but just how they showed the little graphic about since I think it was like 2006, how Republicans and Democrats' views have just spread even more apart. And that's kind of the thing, I think, for the country that we live in, for it to get better, we're going to have to find a way to meet in the middle. You know, people would categorize me as a Democrat with most of my views. But I'll be honest, there are some things through the past that Republicans have said, like, that makes sense to me. I consider, I'm, I'm considered, um, I'm actually no party, because I really don't align myself with a party. But for the most part, over the recent years, I've been Democrat-sided because Republicans let Trump in. I don't know how that happened, but whole another side. Russia! No, I'm kidding. I actually don't know. <laughs> uh, they were saying Russia wishes from that. Right, I'm like, oh, Russia. I uh, said that, so I believe it. I said Russia might have something to do with it. But, <laughs> but again, I think meeting in the middle is kind of where we need to start. And this, that's kind of my same view with the police thing. Like, they say defund the police, and yes, that's something we should, as citizens, be able to ask because it's our service, because we're paying for it with our money. But yeah. again, I think reform is where we should start. And then if reform doesn't work, yeah, then defund, you know, can't go extremely to the left or right starting because no one's going to be able to able, no one's going to want to do that. And that's kind of my thing there. So just to kind of close it out here, because I know you got a hard out, so I want to let you out a little bit early. What, what do you think um, overall is needed for change? I kind of gave my opinion. I want to hear what you have to say about that. Well, I'm certainly no expert, so I don't know if I'm the girl you should be asking about this, but I think change comes from understanding. Mm -hmm. And I think there's such a lack of understanding each people on both sides. Mm -hmm. And so I think we kind of just like need to come together because there's, I think a, a lot of what is keeping us apart is misunderstanding, which is fueled by stereotypes and fueled by, like we were just talking about Facebook and, and clickbait and misinformation and all of these um, misleading articles and graphs and all stuff like that, which is like all like kind of by design to bring us further mm -hmm. apart. But um we, we, we definitely need to, to come together. And I mean, we, the whole world just can't just like sit down and let's talk it out. Yeah. But um, conversations like this yeah. 
or um, you know, with other people and whatever between two, I mean, I'm sure you and I are for the most part are on the same page, mm -hmm. but between like two people that disagree, because I need to see where you're coming from and you need to see where I'm coming from. There mm -hmm. needs to be a well-rounded understanding mm -hmm. and that can, you know, change somebody who is on the right saying, well, I, I see why they think that way. And, um, you know, for example, like, um, uh, like a white person grew up, you know, in the South, very Confederate, wears mm -hmm. those glasses, you know, which ones I'm talking about, holds yeah. the fish in the picture, mm -hmm. just like the picture perfect, like, quote unquote, white trash type of guy. Mm -hmm. And then somebody, you know, that uh, a black man that grew up in the Bronx or something mm -hmm. where it's, you know, you grow up amidst, um, so much crime and corruption and things like that, two completely mm -hmm. different worlds, mm -hmm. but they only know each other by the stereotypes mm -hmm. that are perpetuated by what we see online. And so we, we kind of just need to understand where everybody is coming from, mm -hmm. how other people grew up and the systems that are in place that are literally meant to hold the people that are in the bottom of the barrel at the bottom of the barrel. Right. Okay. Um, I know I said last question, but one more, because I, I, okay. I just have to know. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, you're vegan, right? Oh, yeah, I am. How did that happen? Because I, I'm not vegan myself. I'm a big vegetable person. I don't eat a lot of meat, but how did uh -huh. you becoming vegan happen? Just to kind of end our time together today. I just have to know. Well, about five years ago, um, I kind of like, I've, my, my whole life, I've kind of just like, I've, I've struggled to like lose weight and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so vegan was kind of like the next diet was, that was going to fix me essentially of the 20 I've done my whole life. And so I started out just, um, being like vegetarian. I cut out red meat and then I cut out fish and then I cut out chicken. That was really hard. Mm -hmm. And then I cut out um, eggs and milk and then dairy. And this is over the span of six months. So it wasn't wow. an overnight thing at all. It took me a while. And um, then I got to, you know, January 1st. And I was like, that was my plan is by January 1st, I'm, I'm going to be vegan. I'm going to be vegan on January 1st. And so I've been vegan for... Uh, five yeah like five and a half years now mm -hmm. at first it was harder but now there's there's a substitute for literally everything you could ever ask for <laughs> that doesn't mean that it's healthier just because there's vegan but there's there is not a single thing that i miss out on mm -hmm. okay. which also kind of sucks because now i can't lose the weight like i wanted to because i literally can have like a chicken parm pizza hoagie um submarine sandwich deep fried if i want to because there's a vegan version of it somewhere and well, it's really easy to be like oh well i can have it because it's vegan so that means it's healthy because it's vegetables right <laughs> you just said all that chicken cheese pump that that was my language i just yes yeah, so That's there's a substitute for everything there's in my neighborhood there's so many vegan restaurants and not many of them are the healthy kind. <laughs> Non-healthy vegan restaurants. It's, I would have never known it existed. Beyond meat. It's soy cheese. It's it's bread, 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 
French fries, bread. And that is going to go completely to my thighs after eating. <laughs> completely. Like thick thighs, save lives. That's going to be me if I ever went that well. <laughs> well, Lauren, it, this has been great. It's been great catching up. Again, I thank you so much for coming on. I, I, pre, I appreciate it. it. It's good to have kind of a, I consider you one of the, you know, no offense, like regular high profile people. Like you have a lot more followers than me. High regular or high profile? A little bit of both. That's, I mean, that's a good thing though, right? Yes. Now, okay, then, sure. then you make sure. it really, really big. I want you to come back on because I, I think you're going to do it. You know, I do love your work on your page and I do oh, think, you know, you. set up for success. I'm kind of kissing ass a little bit, but that's okay. I'm allowed. Oh, stop. <laughs> well, good thing I have photos of it. Kodak moment. Yeah, there you go. Um, and, you know, thanks again and good luck with everything. Keep in touch. Thank you. Bye, Sean. Bye. So you guys just had a chance to listen to me and Lauren's interview, and I, all I got to say is, wow. Right? It, it's just, um, Lauren's also someone from Pittsburgh, PA, or the Pittsburgh area, and just to hear how her life has completely changed is moving to New York. All you people in New York, I, I give you kudos, because I, I, I couldn't live that lifestyle. You, you guys got that one all the way. But, you know, something else that she mentioned while we were talking, and I just want to debrief about it real quick. Um, is just about her lifestyle as, you know, someone who's trying to make it in modeling and makeup, you know, a lot of people think like creators like myself, creators that are other podcasters, models, p photo artists, you know, musical artists as well. A lot of times people get this perception that it's a really glamorous life. And then when these people make it, they're like, oh, well, you, you know, you were supposed to make it, or it's always been easy for you, or, you know, you only you know, rapped or did modeling for a couple of years, but people don't see the grind and the other types of, you know, hardship that these people have to go through just to get noticed. You know, I know people that are constantly on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter just pounding away and just putting content out there after contact just to get discovered because this is their dream. I, you know, if people look at them like, well, why would she do that for just to be a model? Or Sean, why would you go through all this work of editing this podcast and starting this podcast where it takes up so many hours of your day? You could be, you know, dating or, you know, going out with your friends. You know what? I'm willing to sacrifice some of my time to get where I want to go. You have to. You have to sacrifice something to gain something. If you're not willing to sacrifice something, that means you don't really want it. You know, like she talked about, she she works for what she really wants and i think that could be a lesson to all of us that you got to work for you really want and maybe you don't make it but i'm not thinking like that i'm thinking like i am gonna make it i just have to be patient and um my time will come so i just want to thank lauren again for coming on great interview hope to come have you back on like i said when you make it one day or when you're bigger and famouser maybe i'll get a little bit more podcast listeners when that happened but i just want to thank you again for your time um, guys, hopefully you enjoyed the episode. And like I always say, guys, you know, I love you. If no one's told you that today, I do. I love you. Stay safe. Wear a mask. Be careful. Black Lives Matter. And like I always say, keep talking.